1: Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Botox Cosmetic, auto botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. The wait is finally over and sport is back on Now TV.
1: It's lights out and away we go!
0: Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part! So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just
1: can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Phil Phil
0: Hello Slackers, I hope you're good, I hope you're well, I hope that your kitchens are fully stocked of tasty, healthy, beautiful food and that your shirts are crease-free and look incredible. It's been seven days since the last time we hung out. That is to all of the ones who've already subscribed. Uh, If you are fresh to this and you're landing on it today, hello to you, hope you're good. And uh, this is your first run out with us here at Slacker FC, so... Stick on a jersey and enjoy these podcasts. Also, um, if you've just landed on this Declan McKenna podcast, there are three other episodes for you to go and listen to. Uh the very first one was Manic Street Preachers, second one was Wolf Alice, third one's Bastille, and obviously you know the fourth one because you're here right now. My name is Phil Taggart. Uh it's actually Philip Taggart. I've dropped the I and the P. Does that make it a stage name? It's not exactly like Elton John, is it? Or like ASAP Rocky? Okay, yeah, it does. It makes it a really shit stage name. How about that? I'm a DJ and broadcaster on BBC Radio 1. Uh, If you like the podcast, you might like my Sunday night show on BBC Radio 1, 7pm. It's the one that is designed to kill off anxiety and fear. 100% works, 100% of the time, I think. It is called The Chillest Show, and it's on Sunday night, 7pm. Come say hello. And, yeah, back to the podcast. The whole idea of the Slacker podcast is to... Get artists on, you know, artists I really, really, really want to talk to, and uh, get a really early demo from them, from when they were just starting out, from when they were little, little cherubs, when they were little beans, and as uh, so we get an idea of who they were at that time, from the early demo, and uh, kind of how they developed over time into who they would become, and who was it was that I would be interviewing that particular week, and so far so good. Um thank you so much as well to everybody uh who's been rating and reviewing the podcast it's been lovely uh, like it really has the first few podcasts have done really well and that is 100% down to you guys for rating reviewing and subscribing it hit number 1 last week hit number 1 the week beforehand and it's been in the top 5 for the 3 weeks that it's been in existence on the music charts uh podcast bit on Apple Um, So if you haven't already and you're idle right now and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I've got a bit of Wi-Fi, I know what I can do. Uh, It would mean a lot if you could hit five stars and uh, write a review and do whatever it is that you want to do. And it's all right, you can't send dirty pictures to the review, but you can write whatever you want. There you go. Um, So this week's podcast is uh, Declan McKenna. And I, I go way back with Declan McKenna to kind of the start of his career and also really the start of mine. Um, mine sent me his song Brazil, which was a song he wrote about corruption in FIFA and uh, the Brazilian World Cup. I think it was, actually it was, it came out quite a bit before the Brazilian World Cup. And I mean, <laughs> many artists write their first ever demo about corruption in FIFA. I, I instantly fell in love with his music right then. I was like, this is a very talented and smart dude. And if he's writing about stuff like this, I want to see where he goes next. Um, it's definitely rare that like an artist like Declan fulfills so deep on that early hype and that early buzz because in the UK we're so guilty of it. Like the media here is awful. Like the like we like and I can I, I sort of can put myself in on that a little bit as well. Once somebody like a new band comes along and releases something really exciting, the whole of the media just lands at their door, expecting them to be. The next Arctic Monkeys, the next Queens of the Stone Age, the next this, the next that. and It's kind of like a sort of unfair expectation to put on such a young person, but Daclan most certainly uh, has sort of fulfilled it. He's a very funny, very intelligent young dude. Uh, he's got a great attitude towards pop music, loving like ABBA and Vampire Weekend and David Bowie and all sorts of different things. He's never shirked away from the big topic in his songs as well, as I mentioned before in, in Brazil and uh a track of his called paracetamol that i like quite a lot as well and uh yeah i think it'd be fine for me to say without hyperbole or over exaggeration that he may well one day be the king of everything here's a few bits of what we talked about on this week's
1: podcast you know i wrote some of those songs when i was 15 and it's like i'm 19 now you know it's only four years but it's a massive difference in who i am and like i don't know everything i've been through is very different and You know, it's a difficult thing, but I'm writing. I mean, there's certain little scenes, but I just wish when I was sort of starting out, I had more sort of in my area where I had, like, bands and friends who were, like, who were, like, kind of doing stuff all together and making a sort of scene about it and having your own sort of identity in that way that I've, I've not found now. The problem with the music industry at the minute is people want... Shows near them, they want the show in the nearest possible town to them, and they also want new music all the time. All the time. And, and yeah. it, you, you know, you've got the label sort of asking, like, oh, you got any new songs down? It's like, do I? I don't know.
0: Okay, so this was recorded way back. This was like one of the first two or three podcasts. I recorded this the same time, around the same time as the Manic Street Preachers one that you heard first, and, uh, and the Cribs one, which will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But here we have it, this week's Slacker Podcast with Declan McKenna. Three, two, one uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I give to you the delectable, the delightful, the darn right I can't think of many uh, yum. I was trying to I was trying to go on the alliteration thing and just keep it all D. The Declany. The Declany
1: Declan McKenna. I you like it? Yeah, yeah. I'd I- take that or the the oh, I'd, I'd destructive I'd like <laughs> <laughs> dentist. <laughs> the, the dentist th- Declan McKenna. The
0: demon destructor dentist Declan McKenna. I I, I like always sort of uh, harbored. I want to be able to go into like UFC or or boxing. I have no real mad interest in either sport apart from like, you know, the drama that goes along with mm. it. Like guys mm-hmm. kicking the shit out of each other isn't really something I'm mad into, but I do like the the guy that comes out at the very beginning and just goes
1: It's time I like how you went away from the mic there because I was getting pretty worried. <laughs> I was getting quite scared that you were gonna blow my head it off. It would be pretty shitty if I had
0: have um deafened you.
1: Deafened like, me. Anymore. Mm. Protect your ears. We had a brief stint on Twitter about protecting ears. Yes, uh, I just go. You don't have tinnitus, do you? A, a, a little bit. I do have a little bit. I, I tried to protect my ears much better these days because when I was first touring, I kind of just had a really silly, silly, um, poorly set up, cheap kind of ear. Rig, that meant that I just wanted to take them out all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, some people find it very hard to sing with earplugs in as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It it can be. And I think when you're first starting out, you're just like, ah, I'm young, I could get away with it. Yeah, but actually, you can't you can. for that long. I got t-
0: I got tinnitus at like 20, 21. Mm. So like that's like 9, nine 10
1: yeah. years ago. If you're overexposed to lots of loud music, it's, it's gonna probably going to happen. Yeah. And
0: it sounds like... I don't have a little... But it doesn't go away. You know when you you come away from a gig and you think, "Oh, that gig was, gig was great." Oh, I can't sleep, but you're still sort of vibing out on the fact that you were there. Mm. You got you don't have a converse one converse shoe on because you were doing shooties, but the, the the ringing will go away.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it never does. It's like a horror movie, except you just have a annoying sound in your ears. I was constantly. trying to I was trying to
0: explain it to like my mom and my doctor when when I first had it, and. I was like, you ever watch Saving Private Ryan? You know, when like like the, the guy gets his helmet and he jumps on top of the mm. grenade and like everything just goes like really. I associate it, it with
1: like Call of Duty. Someone throws like a <laughs> or something, and then you just kind of have. <laughs> of... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. If you if you listen to loud music all the time or go to gigs all the time, wear earplugs yeah we're awfully socially conscious for yeah we've, we've
1: started started off on a kind of info we're up sort of on our level. high horse already
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i never i've never got down from mine no exactly you can't even get ladders that, 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 that hit my <laughs> high horse what else should we tell people to do socially conscious like protected sex um yeah
1: um make sure you look Stay after one another safe this seems to be falling into like a <laughs> stay on main roads. We learned this the other day. Here's another one. Right, me and me and my my good pal Will, who plays keys in my band, nearly got mugged the other day. Shit! What in London? In yeah, on the road we live on. Oh Literally. my god! It was fine. What like were they on a um a but moped? Just just bikes, cycle bikes. Yeah, young chancer kids came up like gradually. I kind of stepped past him grabs Will and it's like where's your phone where's your wallet and like trying to grab it, we Will just kind of like pushes him out of the way and then we just leg it down the road but But stay on main roads is the lesson we learned for that when it's later
0: (laughs) I don't see the point in somebody stealing your phone now because all the phones have got find my iPhone on it so therefore Mm -hmm. like when you steal it you can go to the cops and go look it's this is it Mm -hmm. if they turn it on I'll know exactly where it's they all, are. It's
1: all. I mean, it's generally like <laughs> someone. And nobody kinda, carries like, money in their wallet anymore, other? No, no, not not all. I mean, people steal credit cards and use the contact list, But it's like it's all. You someone only get compared it or to like, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But th- someone was comparing it to like Oliver Twist, where you've got these young kids who are willing to like go out and try and rob people under the instruction of some other like sort yeah, of yeah like maverick. sort of maverick guy who like is quite nifty with that sort of thing and like. They have to get a certain amount of phones. Like it's, it's, it, you know, you can you think, think about it being do you, a strange do you think operation. think the,
0: the, the people that tried to monkey were on a, a quota? They had to like get. That's ten, what we were ten, saying. Ten if that was the case, day, that would, that would, that would be very. Because um, that would set them up for a job of, in sales very well. You know, like if you wanted to move off the streets and move out of crime, and into the real world of like you know legitimate gainful
1: employment. But then you've got this targets con- is the key. Then you've got kind of this like I don't know, this dodgy sort of um communist dictator who kind of redistributes if they've got a quota, they bring the phones back and they only get <laughs> a certain a small percentage of the actual money and whereas the guy at the top gets like I yeah. don't know, maybe I mean, I've just sussed out suss sussed out something there, but I mean, the probably whole, not. The
0: whole thing is just so grim. <laughs> it, it it really is. It, it, this feels like it should be a topic for one of your songs. Like, you know, you're not like necessarily the guy who writes, like you know, the song about getting dumped or or whatever you, you you've always got like a really big idea for a pop song.
1: And yeah, I, I, sometimes been, I just like I don't know. I just like songs that take a while to maybe figure out. I think mm. I've learned, and I, I like tunes that kind of have really massive, especially more recently on like the new stuff which I haven't even put out yet. Like that, I've sort of just been working on sporadically. Like it's all about sort of coming up with these these really big ideas and like having a word that can mean so much without really being anything and that has so many connotations. Just like being able to explore all those different things with through words or through you know through the sounds is just I find I find really fun. But also you can say a lot of things you want to say with it as well.
0: It's it's a great thing about your your style of music because like pop music's not very layered. I've got a feeling (laughs) that tonight's gonna be uh, like, I fucking
1: despise the Black Eyed Peas, right? I actually really wanted to see them. We were in Japan doing Summer Sonic, but then I found out Fergie wasn't gonna be there, and I was like, no one can replace, like, obviously the rest of them are great, but like, no one can replace Fergie can replace Fergie.
0: It's like Manchester United, nobody can replace Alex Ferguson. Fergie time. It's Fergie time, exactly. If your name is Ferguson and you're in a job, you're Irreplaceable. We're gonna give some people like like Thomas Ferguson and uh Berison Evans who's listening to this like a complex now. He's gonna walk into his job tomorrow. I'm and he's gonna well, I'm Fergie. you can't you can't say All right
1: guys, it's Fergie time. <laughs> You're gonna listen to viral
0: No man, it's like yeah, like I like the I like the, the level of um thought that goes into like, you know, how how you layered the song is because obviously you you listen to like pop music Mm. Um oh. and like you know you don't you're not just like somebody who's like listening to music in 2017 or whatever you got you go back through through the ages I saw I think on on Twitter you said that you just found out see Emily play wasn't written by David wasn't Bowie was by David Bowie yeah, yeah. Mm. I yeah I
1: that's a Sid I, Barrett classic I know and I, I, I don't know it was one of those things I I definitely heard both versions but I think because pinups when I first was getting into Bowie was an album that I listened to. I, for some reason heard it as his song. And I can like hear the sort of classic Bowie with all the voices doing the sort of (laughs) cocky accent. the And that was like, (laughs) almost that, that was the point of the song to me was that sort of bit. Yeah.
0: You're like, Oh, and then it's like,
1: Oh yeah. The Pink Floyd version is really good too.
0: See, it's kind of embarrassing though when you, you get it wrong. At least you're like in the same ballpark. Did Bowie do it or Bowie? I I can't say Bowie. It doesn't fit right with my accent. Mm. Did, did you? Did he do a cover off it
1: on pinups? It was he on. Did. It was on an album. I that's, didn't know that. That's kind of why why I thought he'd right. written it. But the the good thing about when I treat t- treat tweet and post random stuff like that is that most of the people who are following me who are a little bit younger as well and kind of just have no idea what I'm on about. So they're like, yeah. "What are you talking about?" <laughs> At least
0: they'll go go research so it. And just, yeah. It, and then if one person it. gets into Pink Floyd from that, then brilliant.
1: Right. Have you heard have you listened to the demo yet? Yeah yeah I listened to it last night. Cool. It's really good. Yeah it's, it's 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 actually one of the best demos I sort of made it was like the last one I made for the album really. Yeah it's it... And it took a long time to get to that even that point you know there was an even earlier demo which just had the main part of the song without the extension and there was also way before that I was on a train and I made that sort of end section and while I was on the American tour in October, sort of November last year spent the whole thing pretty much trying to piece together these two parts like I know it works I know it works how does it do it? that's like the first demo that in some way even though it doesn't quite piece them together the way it does in the record it doesn't quite fit together it was like these are the two ideas i want to put yeah, together exactly. like, I will. how do i do be it be damned if i find a way i think it like changes key or something i think it might go down a semitone or something ridiculous like that in in this version
0: well you've sent it to me um under the title humongous sex Standard version
1: extended a dish yeah yeah
0: um do 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 the honors and introduce it
1: um this is an early demo of my song humongous don't take me along To your broadcast I know I'm good at letting go Don't take me along To your rules To your promise I swear spend your phone and on your uh, a
0: We go as we do every sim- single time on the podcast. We play a demo, and that was humongous. 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 It's the less humongous. Humongous.
1: <clears throat> the less massive sounding. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's like a small humongous, like, a, like it's a, a little early humongous. Yeah, like a very slim, slender size zero humongous. A bit humongous. <laughs> it's before it got got to the the album version. Before, how,
1: yeah. How did
0: you how did you go about turning that into what we hear mm. on the on the debut record?
1: I I mean I wrote the bass of the song fairly quickly um, after listening to lots of ABBA, and obviously making it not sound like an ABBA song <laughs> was was kind of the first objective. But I wrote like the sort of two verses and the choruses. I went through two different verses like styles that I was going to try. One ended up sounding like Mr. Jet's tune, and the other was the one that I when yeah
0: i mean if, if you're writing contemporary guitar pop music i mean like abba and mystery jets are pretty good places to start right uh, exactly you gotta start with your faves i guess I, I i used to turn my nose up at like abba and stuff when i was a kid because my friend who was in my band he used to write all the songs and he used to like talk about how much abba were great and i was like what a loser like abba are you serious that's what like my mum, my even my mum wouldn't listen to that and then like mm. the older you get you're like actually it's
1: just the songs are, are great yeah. and it's not even like a surface level pop sort of thing because like you listen to the records and they weren't just making singles, they were making amazing Rapids, albums, yeah. especially towards the the back end, the last two albums, even though they were all kind of falling out with each other and stuff. The songs are just brilliant and you know, the albums are great start to finish, you know, and I think that for like one of the world's biggest pop bands that also had massive singles every record they put out you know like i've got uh my my record collection abba is getting cl- I'm, i've only got Voulez-vous vu to get but like you just look at the 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 back of them you're like three or four of these songs you could still play at a party now mm. and then you're like the rest of it's really ace too um yeah i think i think they're great and they've sort of influenced me a lot there's a certain thing that, about freshing in in bands um
0: that i absolutely love you know when like, you got your classics like your Fleetwood Macs and uh, Abbas and obviously The Clash, Mick Jones and um, Joe Strummer didn't get on well all the way up to the Libertines. I just like it when a group fights because I always think they create great art out of it. I always think that, like, in that sort of tension, the, the therapy that we get to enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can go one way or the other, really. Um you don't really
0: have anybody to fight with but yourself, and mm, all of the deep issues you've got in there.
1: Yeah, I yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't have too many people to argue with over what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with the songs. You know, if I want to go a certain way artistically, I can. Um, but yeah, there's there's it, it definitely can go one way or the other with with bands fighting. They can just kind of end it, or there can be something really interesting about it but then obviously normally it ends up with with band finishing in Fleetwood Mac's case it it didn't and they kind of just all slept with each other didn't they yeah they kind (laughs) of just kept kept going after that but in Abba's case after sort of the visitors came out they were kind of all sick of touring all sick of each other
0: but you can understand why but they made
1: amazing records out
0: of it they did bands fall out because there's Especially when you when you get to a successful level where there's money being made, right? There's percentage splits, and some people are making more than others. But then put that tension into a bus for eighteen months and send it around the world, mm. and all those little things about how the bass player eats crisps or <laughs> how, how the how the drummer, you know, just has this like off-putting odor, but not quite smelly. Do you know? Like all those little things just start to get you because it's almost like you know when you go home for Christmas. Hmm. and you're really happy for, like, the first week or whatever, and you're just like, oh, this is all amazing. And then you realise, like, you're going, oh, my sister's actually, like, she's doing my head in. <laughs> yeah. But imagine putting that in a bus and having to, like, be together all the time. Yeah, and feeling a bit gross. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Doing all the wake it up early and going to bed late and, like, doing loads of stuff that you don't really want to do. You lots, just Lots wanna... of
0: foreign press.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, trying to uh get a point across but also answering questions in which people want a certain type of answer and it's just like it's it's it can be quite confusing actually the whole experience and and it will get on your nerves if yeah. you know if if you're the type of person to have that get on your nerves over over time it will because you're doing loads of stuff you don't necessarily want to do you just kind of want to write songs as most bands put it and then you've got all these people around you who are all you could probably just be friends with but after a while, it's like everyone has annoying <laughs> it, it's things. It's the about same it, as anybody.
0: Gonna- like, you know, you can't spend enough time with so- somebody without finding some reason to be pissed off. Do you know what I mean? If you spend mm. enough time alone, you'll get reasons to p- be pissed off by yourself. That's your- kind of the test, yourself.
1: though, is whether you can kind of... I mean, obviously, I can't vouch for like a massive band like ABBA, who probably just got everyone asking for them and they've got everything to do. Yeah. But, you know, I think that is a, a definitely a test is like seeing whether you can kind of not get on with someone one day and then kind of get on with with work and like make up and just be be fine about you know getting on each other's nerves every now and then
0: (laughs) what 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 sort of kid were you in school were you like a were you like an introvert were you an extrovert were you like the sort of the music kid or were you like jumping about and hanging out i was definitely
1: a music kid to some extent um
0: like when you're meant to be in one lesson you're actually in the music rooms like Kind of slap I
1: did well, you know, I had guitar lessons every now and then. One time I had my Spanish teacher. I, lit, I the only times I would really be out of lessons was was for guitar lessons which you got a little slipped to, to Yeah, go I love to. that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. But once once my Spanish teacher who I I don't know whether she liked me or not or whether I was just just a little shit in Spanish yeah. because I I wasn't good at it. <laughs> um but I I left and at, for the lesson uh, and didn't didn't go and she was really annoyed at me and i was like well and you almost gave I up music it. because of it i almost yeah i thought that was i was like that's it no more guitar i need to focus on my spanish but i ended up getting a d in spanish um which is actually okay considering it's right. how I, got,
0: I got a d in french as well my teacher hated me so much that when it came to the oral exam everybody was allowed to use the dictionary <sighs> except me and two other guys because oh, no. he was just like oh we oh, yeah we were we were dicks like yeah. a- absolute dicks but i did a, a, a guitar lesson i never did one like I, I'm a, like self-taught bass player, but I did one guitar lesson. I turned up, and they the guitar teacher like put the sort of tablature down in front of me. He taught me a couple of chords. I kind of half knew a few chords anyway from people showing me, yeah. but he tried to teach me "Kiss Me, Kiss Me." All and right. I was just like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> I'm, I'm like, at that age, it was like I'm turning up to learn "The Trooper" by Iron Maiden. I don't want to learn it in, like, ten lessons. Yeah. I don't want to play You kind kid, of want to be dog. like all the kids in, in
1: school who are just going...
0: Yeah, just the sweat. Like, we we used to call those kids the sweaties. Mm. The, the sweaty kids who would just be, like, riffing out. And, yeah. like, they're almost mathematical or yeah, scientific we, in the way they oh, play music. There was music. some
1: incredible, incredible, like, sort of mathematical or, like, classical-inspired, you know, shredders in, in school. And we used to do these jam sessions, and I think... It, you know, there were a couple of years above me in school, and just these incredible guitarists that I've never really been able to 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 match with, because yeah. I've always considered myself, you know, I'm more of a sort of songwriting, creating, creative yeah, type, m- most than someone them. who can like drill all this guitar stuff. But I have been trying to get better at it. But just like even now, thinking about the kind of stuff that people could do aged what fifteen, sixteen, you've, you've either got that,
0: you've got that, or you don't. Like I think like being a songwriter is probably more of a plus been able to play all of the instruments mm. like you do you do play all yeah of, i all play the instruments. a
1: lot and i've also been trying to learn more really... like piano and stuff like that recently because guitar's always been my main one but like i've been trying to get <laughs> better around the but and being able to write on piano is like I such d- a good sort. i did see you
0: congratulating yourself going well done you've like majored middle c or something or major yeah. c
1: yeah i can play in i mean i can play in c major because it's basically all of the the sort of white keys yeah. do all of the chords for you. So yeah, it's yeah. like you, you basically can barely put a hand wrong, um, which is which is great. You know, playing in other keys where you're not sure where the hands go, I'm still improving at. But yeah, I've started writing songs of piano and I think it's a really good tool. It's
0: it's one of those things that's very hard to master as, as well. Like, like almost when you start on piano, you can play, isn't it, you, people say if you start on piano, you can play anything else, but it's hard to work it's, into piano.
1: Yeah, it's... It's just so, because it's kind of, I don't know, it has the scale laid out on it in front of you. It's such a good tool for understanding music, like understanding how everything works, which is, even though I could kind of play guitar, not something I've started really, really understanding until now, even, you know, even struggling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, if I'd properly learnt piano when I was a bit younger, that probably would have been a good thing. Do you, do you
0: feel like you get enough credit for playing all of the the instruments or most of the instruments on on your album cuz like you know when people talk about i don't know say Foo Fighters right Dave Grohl mm. like when he started Foo Fighters back in the early 90s everybody's losing their shit they're going oh my god um Dave Grohl not only does he play the drums on it but he plays the guitar on it and the mm. bass on it but there's a lot more a lot more well, tracks and a lot more musical dexterity probably to the stuff that you do
1: instead of just shredding out. Well, I think half the people think that my band play on the record. I don't I think a lot of people are, are aware that it's kind of a little bit more of a stem by stem kind of thing. Obviously like on the record uh, my first record I was kind of working with James Ford who's an amazing drummer and great hair. great hair. amazing hair. Did a lot of the the drum parts, the keys Parts, but we kind of split you know the the guitar's bass keys sort of sort of area and 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 did all that, but yeah, throughout I've kind of wanted to i don't know play as much as I can, but I also now I'm like moving forward and like learning about how my favorite artists made a load of songs, I'm like, oh, what if I had this amazing like you know it's instra- <laughs> like players come into the studio and do yeah. all these amazing parts and kind of give them a rough sort of idea of what Full they're doing horn and then sections them, and, stuff. Do, and just like i don't know attempted to do that but i think for now it's best to to do it myself and actually give an impression yeah. of
0: yeah i think you've got plenty of time to play with do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like who what artists do are like are you reading about are you finding out well, about that i, that I, are, I remember songs? i was on
1: a plane and i was watching the david bowie last 5 years documentary where they talked to all the band um, that played on the last two records, which both of the records I, I really love. Um, and it kind of talks about a lot of the songs and how they made them. And, you know, Bo would have the the band play all the parts and give them sometimes just a super vague sort of like... I remember for one of the songs, uh, Where Are We Now?, which was a single, um, he just told the drummer that he wanted the drums to be like, one, two, three, four... One two, and that yeah. was that was the only description he gave. Yeah. And then, like you know, from there the drummer kind of is amazing. Yeah, and, like, got do, it. Do, got it and did his own sort of thing with it. And he has his idea for the song, but like, l- kind of let all these amazing musicians kind of do their thing on it. That's the great. And there's something quite amazing about that. That's
0: the great thing about like doing it the way you, that you do it because you mm-hmm. don't have anybody to argue with. This is your project, so you can go in and go. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd really like it like this. I I always like um. Go back to the some kind of monster um, mm-hmm. DVD from uh, Metallica, where yeah. you get to see in the studio how they record music and how they go about and what the dynamics like. And there's an incredible bit in it where um, the drummer Lars Ulrich is, sh- is shouting at Kirk Hammett, the guitarist, like he's, he's you know he's, he's pretty much bleeding in the fingers, right? And he's like, "That's not the best solo the best guitarist in the world will play," and
1: you're like. Oh my God! Is that literally how tense it is in the studio? I suppose when you're the biggest, one of the biggest, or biggest metal band in the world, it's like, I don't know. I think maybe there would be some some kind of competitiveness like that, especially yeah. when you've had so many Metal's quite massive records. It's quite stuff.
0: like a a teenage competitive. Like I can riff better than you can. Mm. Like. But like it's also a very like I also think that it comes
1: back like, to the sweaty thing. The sweaty thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, big time. But like the like metal fans are the most loyal fans that you will ever find. Oh yeah. Like they, they will support a band from the very beginning and they will go to all the shows and they will be there at the at the very end. I think like pop fans are almost a little bit more like not not fickle, but like, you know, there's so much more out there and people kind of change their minds.
1: I suppose there's less less of a scene about pop. You know, with metal, there's a scene, and you go to certain yeah it's a metal tribal. night, or you go to a certain thing, and you meet certain people, and you go to certain bars, and and you know you listen to certain bands, and it is a very specific scene that not everyone really is that, is it is that into, or, yeah, can, it, yeah. or finds it easy to get into. So like, when you got something like that, there is a real sense of identity that people will will it's stick t- to it's it's just like, it's like religion, do you know what I mean? People yeah. people go to church, people go to the black
0: church to, yeah. <laughs> to play metal. What what sort of like, do you consider yourself to be a part of a scene? Do you consider there to be a scene in sort um, of the music that
1: you make right now? I I kind of always say I wish there was a bit more of it. You know, I'm friends with with bands, but it's all kind of feels like it's, there's a bit of a club once you get to a certain point.
0: What is in like the next level? Yeah, it's like, like
1: for, I mean, there's certain little scenes, but I just wish when I was sort of starting out, I had more sort of in my area where I had like bands and friends who were like, who were like kind of doing stuff all together and making a sort of scene about it and having your own sort of identity in pro- that way that I've I've not found now. You've, really you've
0: had to you've had this fly solo but i guess that the main problem is when you start as young as you did at 15 most of the people that would be your peers aren't or in aren't, school aren't ready They're, no like because you, you started very early no of course com- not
1: comparatively but also that's the thing like it's easy to do that it's much easier to now to be a solo artist than it is to be in a band because you just need you don't need it to rely on anyone you could be in your room on a laptop or or whatever you, you've got, and you know, the most like I don't know, handheld devices or whatever have a record setting that you can use and upload songs to SoundCloud, and that's how it all all starts for a lot of people. And so you do do it on your own, and it is very insular. Mm. And you meet people on the internet, and and you know, you have you it, ever c- very...
0: collaborated with anybody on
1: online? Because um, I'm sure back
0: when you were starting, like yeah, you'd be I, getting messages from people going. Supra got these sick bars
1: <laughs> yeah i did i i met a couple of people um i don't know violated. i think i did a couple of like theme tunes and like stuff for little short films that people were doing That's when cool. i was first yeah, starting out yeah. i did yeah a couple of little things like that but like i don't know i didn't co- collaborate much i've been writing a bit more with like my friends and stuff Recently, do
0: people like because you you're on a major label, mm-hmm. you're on Columbia, one of the biggest labels and one of the best labels. And about, mm-hmm. surely there must be a pressure where, where people are going. Declan, we'd really love you to uh, do a songwriting workshop with such and such, either for you or for
1: them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I yeah, I've kind of, I don't know. I think in conversation with, with like your label or whatever that sort of thing comes up. But I think I started from absolutely nothing ground zero doing everything on my own and it's like got to kind of you know being able to do this all the time now yeah on my own like obviously collaborating with a certain level of people but in the songwriting process like you know 10 out of 11 songs on the last record were just ones I'd written in my room or whatever and so it's just like you know for now it's not broke so So, yeah so So keep it going Phil Tiger
0: Okay, so we're about halfway through this week's podcast. Uh, we need to rehydrate, need to eat one of those like little disgusting power bars that have absolutely no bad things in them and taste like shout, and get ready for the second half. Dust ourselves down, maybe put a new jersey on. Um, as you can probably tell by this stage, I really enjoyed chatting to, to Declan, kind of chatting about everything and absolutely nothing uh, at, at the same time. He's a fascinating fella. And, you know, that's only going to get better the the, the older he gets, like musically, anyway. Uh, I seen on his Twitter that he's working really hard on his second album, and he said that it's 100% coming next year. His words, not mine. I don't want uh, any of Declan's fanbase coming to me at, like, the 31st of December 2019. P tag, you said the album was coming. No, Declan's words. Um, Also, guess what? I've got to do my first. (laughs) I say I've got to. Like, I'm being, like, held at gunpoint. Um, I'm doing my first Slacker podcast live on November the 9th at BBC Introducing uh, Live Festival at the Tobacco Dock in London. And I'm doing it with a band called You, Me at Six. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Declan McKenna fans who, like, You, Me at Six as well. And it's it's really exciting. Like, not even just doing the the live podcast, but, like, the, the whole three-day festival that uh, BBC Introducing are putting on. It's, it's mad. It's designed for like the next generation of young artists and bands. So like, they're they're saying there's going to be about fifteen thousand people over the three days attending, and there's going to be workshops and panels and seminars and loads of gigs as well. So basically, if you like want the knowledge and you release the music, or you're even just thinking about starting to write music, that's kind of the place you need to go. Also, bring your demo down. You know the way like I've had Declan playing his demo and Wolfow playing theirs. Well, if you bring your own demo down to this as well, uh, and you sign up the right way, it's up, all up on the BBC Introducing website, um, you can get your demo heard by... Like, I'll be there, I'll be listening to demos. There'll be loads of other DJs and people listening to demos too, so come down. Uh, you can get tickets as well. Just type in BBC Introducing Live Festival, and I'm sure you'll find tickets online somewhere. Uh, also, if you've got any uh, ideas for who we should get on the podcast... I've got some really special ones coming up, by the way, and a lot of ones have come out of the woodwork since we started as well. Um, get in contact at Philly Taggart on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, right. Enough of the plugs. Blah 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 blah. Let's jump back into the podcast now with Declan McKenna. The one track I think you're making reference to is the one you wrote with Rostam, Rostam yeah, who. Um, Used to be in Vampire Weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that's a perfect relationship because he. Like I, I I assume right I might I might assume wrong but you're a Vampire Weekend fan right
1: Yeah yeah but I've like especially when I was a bit younger obviously I haven't put out a record in a while but like yeah. I'm so so into them Ezra like. really needs
0: to get off the radio and back on recording music I reckon
1: Yeah but I th- apparently he said like the album's eighty percent done or something like that I think they just I don't know probably taking it, it they're one of those bands that can kind of take with yeah, it yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah. hear a good Vampire Weekend yeah they record they, than they just
0: throw out one that they just put out so. But work, working with Rostam like that, it's the the final track on on the, the album, record. Yeah. It's weird, right? Because like you you expect like if you see it on paper like um, Declan McKenna and and Rostam, I'm expecting this kind of like vampire weekend cross section of weird timing and mm. like obtuse angular. Um, sounds and marimbas and And then when it gets into it it almost like drifts into like a country-esque way you know when it sort of breaks into it about a minute or two in i'm like that's a country melody yeah the
1: fuck did that come from (laughs) it it was a strange one it kind of started like i'd never co-written before yeah never that's a a weird process and i basically like turned up at rostam sort of like home studio and it was just like I was meeting him for the first time, and we were like working something, and he'd probably tell you now that I was so insanely awkward and a lot <laughs> younger than I am now. Like when I sort of what, what saw him team? the other other week when he was playing in London, it, it's like yeah, how young I was. I was I was seventeen, but like what are you now? Nineteen twenty? I'm nineteen. Yeah, I've just heard nineteen, but I'm. You've had to grow up fast. Even well, yeah, that. But also just like I don't know. A, I'm just I I was still very much like a young teenager then. And, like, I was super awkward, and, I don't know, the process took a little while, but it, yeah, once we kind of got into it, it was was really fun, and it took, yeah, I had to kind of go home and write the lyrics, because, again, I was really awkward with, like, putting out lyrics before it was, like, the perfect idea, I was really worried about saying something bad, and it's like, why would you do that when you're writing with someone, you want to get out as many ideas as possible. Um, But he kind of turned to me, and was like, do you like classical music? And I was like... yeah Yeah. and he just started playing the cello part which is basically the bit that's in it now Um, and we added the kind of stonesy drums and and it all kind of built up just on a screen like track by track and then we had a slight melody with the sort of little guitar part I did and he he did a a cool little funky bass line and I don't know it was a weird one because it just kind of built and built and I wrote a couple of lines there and then took it home for like months until the next time I came out to America and we we finished it when I came back. And, uh, yeah, I did. and it's a banger. It's a cl- I really a, like the song. A, yeah,
0: cl- closed closed the record. You could I could see you working with him again, right?
1: For sure. I yeah. I I, I think he's just the kind of person who's who's really great great with working other people, and you can tell why that's kind of something that he's that he's really good at when you're working with him. It's yeah, just, he's very good with with getting ideas out of people. Very good at just writing songs and, and and creating stuff that's really interesting and fun. Are You starting to think about rec- recording and writing again now? Um, I'm writing, I'm writing it's, it's a lot. A,
0: like, I mean, the, the album only came out last year, yeah. Like, it, it still feels fresh. Like, I, 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 I hate this thing, and it's a very, very British media thing, right? Um, the British media is insanely fast on music, right? Mm. As in, like, they will try and break a band when they've just put a snotter on a microphone, um, but then when it comes to albums they're like okay so that album's done where's the next one and uh, people really want stuff way too soon and there's no that's... real time for the process so like i don't really want to go have you got a second album done yet because i know for a fact that like
1: it takes a long time to make yeah yeah. especially the second album if it does much better than you're expecting it to in terms of the amount of people who listen to it and you know still are it's like well i i don't you know I don't want to do something worse. But at the same time, I feel much more confident in my in my songwriting and I think I've improved. Yeah. But it's like, it's going to be a different thing. I'm much older than... You know, I wrote some of those songs when I was 15. Mm. And it's like, I'm That's 19 crazy. now. So that, you know, it's only four years, but it's a massive difference in who I am. And like, I don't know, everything I've been through is very different. And, I, you know, it's a difficult thing. But I'm writing and I'm getting some really cool ideas out. It's... Yeah, but that that is kind of the problem. A problem with the music industry at the minute is people want... Shows near them, they want the show in the nearest possible town to them, and they also want new music all the time, all the time. And, and it, you, you know, you have got the labels sort of asking like, "Oh, you got any new songs down?" It's like, do I? I don't know. I, I don't know what I can give. Or I can't. It's see, strange.
0: I can't give off that bad about it because I run a, run a record label as well, <laughs> and and sometimes I f- I have to catch myself on when I'm like talking to like one of the artists or whatever that I that I work mm. with. I'm like, oh, can you give me some new songs? And then I'm like, oh, shit, I've turned into that guy. And also, they're actually really busy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like That's like somebody coming to me going, hey, could you hurry up and finish this book? Could you do this podcast? Do you do
1: this, that, and the other? I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, I just have anxiety pangs, do you know? <laughs> that's the thing. is, like you have to dedicate so much time to writing. But actually, when you think about it, like, not that many artists to make that much money from selling records anymore so you're basically writing an album so you can go out and tour yeah. and be able to live off that so you can pay to make the next record and it's like i'm spending all this time writing basically so i can spend loads of time touring and it's just it's it's a very confusing thing and when you haven't <laughs> written on the road before yeah it's a long time to get into it and i'm getting better at it but now we're about to go on a two-month tour in america in a van it in yeah. like, a sort of like nine like, seaters to split a van all around the US and it's like Alpha Two, when's that gonna happen? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> how like how how do you even go about writing in a van? Like, you don't... What, like what what
1: like what are you... <laughs> I used I did do a bit I did a B B-side. The B side that was on the Isnbard vinyl. Um was a track called Midwest and I did that in a van going mm. around going around the US and like it's only, it was only a vinyl release that probably two hundred people have heard if they bothered to listen to the B side. But I did that, but it's, it, you know, it was an instrumental track that was just super weird and kind yeah. of went from like this Radiohead thing into this sort of super strange upbeat electro thing. And it's like, that was the kind of thing I was confined to making. I couldn't really sing or do a guitar take or like, you know, get anything <laughs> like that. But at the same time, I, d- I spend a lot of time finishing songs. You know, you sit on your laptop and you piece things together, but that does... Really kill the writing process. It's, it's yeah, it's not fun. It makes it really not fun sitting on a laptop and messing around with the parts in a song.
0: See, some people love that. Some people like being able to zone out and do that. Mm. Maybe it's not for you. The, <laughs> I want to bring up the bit about Jules Holland, right? But not the same bit that I'm sure you've talked about lots and lots yeah. and lots, right? Uh, this is uh, I'm talking about when when Declan went mm. on to Jules Holland, and if you're unfamiliar with Jules Holland, it's he's this um sort of legend in the in the UK music industry who's mm. been running the show for like 300,000 years um, where he gets like the best live act on in, in one, one room. Yeah, exactly, 300,000 yeah. um, and And he gets the best act on sort of in a circle and mm. you, you would go from somebody like new like Declan McKenna to Kings, Barry of Lee, Kings of Leon to Barry Gibb or whatever. But when you were on, you were like, right, I'm going to make a statement. So you wore the, the T-shirt mm-hmm. that said Give 17-year-olds the vote. Yeah. <laughs> but my favourite bit about that when I watched it back again, because I was just sitting at home with my missus and we were both like going, go on Declan, yes, this is great, brilliant. Um, Somebody's fucking with the system a little bit. and um, But my favourite thing was how awkward it it was to get the t- your guitar off and your jacket off, because you were like, obviously I really want to get this t-shirt out there, I want to get this statement out there. And you're like trying to get your
1: guitar off, and you're
0: like, "Crap, my statement! This is my big moment."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things. It's like you th- you can plan it out in your head for months before, yeah. but when it comes down to <laughs> doing it on live TV, it's like you either do it or you don't. And I managed to do it fairly successfully. Yeah, yeah. it looked good. I I, I've, I I haven't heard many people point that out, so I never even really noticed that. I
0: thought it was I thought it was funny because like I imagine in your head you like pictured it like Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah. The only thing I can ever pick out when I listen back to that one is is the mix, because I'm like, my guitar's so loud. I've got (laughs) such a quiet guitar (laughs) part in that song. I'm like, my guitar's so loud, I can't (laughs) hear the keyboards. But it's just like one of those things where it's like the levels (laughs) kind of change in the song, and we have like a, you know, all these different things happening, which kind of change, and it's like never (laughs) going to be the way you want it on TV, really. Who was um, with you? Who was playing? It's not the same exact same band I have now. No, like, uh, who else was like playing George Holland that night? yeah, well, we had right next to us, we had Slaves, and it was, uh, Wiley, I think. Yeah. Lisa Hannigan. Yeah. Nora Jones, Barry Gibb. Oh,
0: what a lineup. It was, it was wicked. Did anybody, did anybody come up to you directly after, like you did that? I kind of, and we're like, what did Barry Gibb say?
1: (laughs) Well, I only, I kind of shook hands with Barry Gibb while we were getting a picture and stuff, but I didn't quite, quite get to ch- the chat with him i would have liked <laughs> but yeah. i kind of with sh- kind of slaves it was quite funny they were like yeah it was super punk man we kind of had to punk okay you, 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 <laughs> you, you, you i'd punk the punk band i would punk the punk band yeah they were still fa- fairly punky but i was like you know I, I think i was more that tv show punked than, than punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like your you're sitcom punk just like a little punk that or the guys back home are shaking their fists yeah exactly the man like the
0: man is sitting watching the the tv and he's like
1: oh you rotten
0: kids you damn rotten kids get out and stop scrumping my apples Uh, i find it so funny like
1: (laughs) there are so many like sort of internet dads or whatever who will really come out at Um, you on social media shit like giving like
0: middle-aged men so they're, they're, they're the most bitter trolls online as well like oh yeah because they've got a lifetime full of angst yeah. and they, and you know like kids have had so, like. social media for a long time and have learned how to sort of like yeah. you know monitor it but like you know that the angry dad or whatever shit's not going his way that like you know the divorce is going badly or whatever has just logged on to twitter for the first time and he's just realized nobody has to see my face i can give
1: off in the same breath there's a lot of quite encouraging sort of Sort of dad types on, yeah. on the internet as well. The sort of reeling, you're like, you're like, oh, you're proper man. You're like, you know, <laughs> oh, this is like music I used to listen to, or like something, something like that, which is may or may do, not be true. Do you suffer much from from trolls? Do you suffer because uh, like you've got like
0: a a pretty hefty, I'd say, a size ten of an inter- internet. Footprint, uh, yeah, social I media have, footprint.
1: You know, you get it, but like you learn to just not bother with that. I mean, I just spend my time on Twitter, which I've tried to minimise now because I have realised it's just silly to spend all the time that I used to spend on the internet. Yeah, but um, I just spend it trolling anyway. <laughs> you know, I'll just tweet out just the most you're a fri- random bullshit.
0: You're a friendly troll. Like you're an you no, I don't bully an, people. Uh, not, yeah. No, but like you're like almost like you're trolling yourself or trolling. Yeah, like ideas. Yeah, you're, you're exactly a mixture between like eccentric and like a little bit of like Self deprecating. Self deprecating, but also the kind of like the smart ass kid as well. Yeah, I'm <laughs> all of those i
1: I try at least I try to be all of those things. But um yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's it's a weird world the all different sort of characters that come out. Yeah. Do you
0: think that and yeah, I'm just generally interested, do you think that like people who are seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year olds now are having a more difficult socially to interact with each other because social media has been literally in their life. For Some the people whole really ti- are Some for the whole time because it wasn't in mine. Like like Facebook and whatever. I didn't get mm. Facebook till I was like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Like we were on Bebo beforehand, but it was only something you just kind of did as a bit of a laugh. Do I you think know what I mean?
1: I've been lucky to have, spend the last couple of years like interacting with so many different people because like you know, using the internet so much, you do actually kind of not learn properly how to interact with people. Yeah, like, I think people yeah. do lack certain social skills and it is quite worrying, you know, like they'll they'll grow up talking to people online have 10 minutes to think about what you're going to say and then you kind of meet certain people who are young and it's just, they've just been kind of, I don't know, uh, told to use the internet all the time but also now kind of struggle to to converse proper, properly. Like, you know, in a in a in a normal scenario.
0: That that idea of like a teenager being, you know, sort of stuck in a room is age old. Like that's not just a social media thing. Like of course, you know, yeah. like ever since like, comic books or or just like, you know, you could listen to music in your room or watch TV in your room, teenagers like will always want to recluse. Like they'll want to go into hmm. their own space and create their own space and stay in their own of space. Of course, but conversation has but even been when changed. But because you're on your phone, like I sound like such an old man, but like you're always there now do you know what i mean you're always there
1: like it's it's the social media it's not even when you're in your room it's when you're out and about you're not really looking or talking to people like and i do that i'm really bad i'm I'm really bad
0: for it like i'm really bad for like sitting on my phone and and chatting something i actually remember the first time we met you were on your phone like the whole time was i (laughs) probably probably but you were like you were like quite young and like sort of like quite new to like uh the music industry I, must, about I think stage? I had a
1: really bad phone when I first met you About bad, bad what? I, def- I definitely didn't have like bad smartphone phone? or anything I thought you said a bad vibe wasn't no it? no <laughs> yeah no I just thought you were a dick yeah. um, no, <laughs> no I just I, I, I think I had one of those old like sort of Samsung's that's kind of touch screen it didn't really work properly yeah and yeah, one, it's one a little cracked
0: screen and stuff but I
1: probably was because that was. that's kind of just what you do I've like, got much better now but I still do it I
0: mean you were getting courted by record labels and music industry people I was just sick of talking to people yeah <laughs> exactly man like exactly Like, where did it, I first meet you, you? you get that same I. I think I Find your song and played it on the radio when it was Brazil. I think you called early, me. early yeah, days. You call yeah, I, I called you up because I was like, the song is fucking sick, and I just started a record label around about that time as well. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, and yeah, you know, like I, I love this song it's so good. But I, you know that when we when we played that song for the first time, I was like, I was really happy, right? Because I love finding new music and I love finding new artists and I love finding like artists that I really love and can't mm. wait to share with everybody. So i was just like really happy about it and i told like a couple of my friends that i was going to play this great song and i pl- I played it to them before i played it on the radio radio in general has been pretty
1: pretty good to pretty, me. pretty good to you well, the kind of weird thing is like although radio one was kind of my first big radio slot bar you know some weird little ones it, it took a while for anyone to really listen to me over here whereas the radio in like america like Brazil was like an alternative hit and it That's was just right, like yeah. so straight, such a strange thing. It got to like 15 in the alternative chart. That's insane. Which is just like unbelievable. I did this whole, that was kind of why I left school initially when I was 16, So I had this whole like month long radio promo tour around America <laughs> before <laughs> anyone can, I think yeah. it was just after I'd played the Barfly while it was still which the Barfly. Which a small fly, venue, yeah. In, in yeah. London. And I was going out and like you know promoting this song on all the radio stations, all the sort of alternative stations in America, and it was. So I'm I'm uh,
0: writing writing a little book at the moment about the music industry, and I'm getting tips from from lots of different people, and I, I want to get a tip from you, something you would say to uh, someone who's starting out in music. Mm. and it doesn't like you know it can be it can be pretty much anything it doesn't have to be like you know practice hard it could be factual or you know Mm. you can you can go with it whatever you want
1: um oh that's interesting i've had a lot of good advice actually that i could kind of share most of it revolves around stealing things in the right way like 90 percent, if you get advice from like a, a band who are doing well they're just kind of what it boils down to is steal things in the right way <laughs> steal things you love and do you, steal it well do you mean
0: like steal things from a writer or steal things from music
1: from from, from music both? yeah <laughs> from from songs you love from albums you love just I, whether it's a sound or whether it's a it's like you know being able to use what you know and actively thinking about you using it because also, if you know what you're using, you know not to make it sound too much like that, and then you yeah. create something that's actually your own. And I think stealing in the right way is quite a quite a good thing. And also, you know, if you're at a venue and they've got a table which you could do it within your rig, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. But like, the artists have made careers like um, actively
0: ripping off artists that they love. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't have Oasis or Noel Gallagher no. with, without. Um, t-rex or john lennon or the beatles or the Sex pistols and they're very open about ripping off maybe the kinks or something like that yeah
1: of course that's what everyone does and it's not that you're you know there's there's you're not a thief you're no you're 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 passing it on because you're never going to come up with some original idea without taking in some kind of influence and it's like i think the more you write as well the more you have to acknowledge it when i first started out writing tunes it was like i'd spend so much time thinking about ideas but now you almost speed up that process by being like right what do i want to get influenced by what do i want to listen to and create something like but then obviously doing your own thing with it and like making it new and making it a modern thing is like a big part of that process but yeah it's like it's all about stealing the right
0: things what's the most obvious lift um for you that you've like nicked off some somebody or, or, or put on
1: my oh, lads, oh! Is this uh,
0: going to like create a lawsuit? Or well, so-
1: there's obviously there's certain like throwbacks in on the album. I think one that gets pointed out every now and then. Although you know, it's Bra- not the same. Actually,
0: I've got one. I can just remember one Go right on. now. Brazil sounds a little bit like Gautier, um somebody that you used to mm. know.
1: Yeah, that was definitely not something I thought of at the time of writing it. But I it's only, it's there's only, a bit where the it, xylophone it, a xylophone comes in. It's a xylophone
0: and it's descending. Yeah. isn't it uh, Yeah, um, da, but, yeah. Da, da. It but that's only in in the only
1: yeah. bit yeah I've I've heard that I don't know it wasn't really something I thought of at the time the one I was going to sort of mention is like at the end of Humongous the bit I basically made separately from Humongous actually before I even wrote the song just on a train from either London to Paris or Paris to London I was just kind of on the on the train on my laptop yeah. and I was like I want to make a little thing that's a bit like Ashes to Ashes and I made something that was a bit like Ashes to Ashes Happy days. But that also brings us back to that demo because the demo that we heard funny at the very thing beginning is like that sort of little session that I did on my laptop and also some of the parts that I used on the original um in the like main part of the song. That was like one of the only songs where I actually used stuff in that demo on the record and actually like transferred it to the actual thing, which is quite fun. Phil Tiger
0: Thank you so much to Declan. Thank you to his manager Tara as well for um, their time and hanging out with me uh, in that uh, small fetish dungeon studio that we've got in. Um, so I need to stop really calling it that. People are going to not want to turn up to the the studio if I keep calling it that. Maybe I'll not call it that from next week. Um, yeah, I, I wish him all the best with uh, the second album. I don't think he, he needs any help with it. I'm sure it's going to be incredible. I am heading back to the old country this week. I'm heading back to Ireland as I'm putting the finishing touches. Well, almost finishing touches. I'm getting there. I have written 18 of 20 chapters of this book that I've been writing for two years. And, oh my God, writing a book is the biggest ball ache that you'll ever do in your whole life. But I've been getting to that point where i'm getting excited about it again like i think when you do a big project that takes two years sometimes you're just thinking is this worth it and now i'm at the point where i'm like this is really worth it i can't wait but i'm going to tell you all about the book and what's in it and all the rest of it and it it revolves around slacker put it like that um in the next coming weeks and you'll probably be wishing that you've never heard about the book um next week we have a fellow called dylan mills on the podcast uh, that you may know a little bit better through his stage name which is dizzy rascal and uh yeah that podcast has some really explosive bits and i'm I'm really proud of that one lots of love to the slacker team jenny adam chris barney and sam and i will see you next week for a podcast with dizzy rascal
1: we've got a lot of catching up to do hi there
0: everybody it's lovely to be with you again
1: 100 live games in just six weeks on Sky Sports. Everything still to play for. Scores to sell, Relegation to avoid. Europe up for grabs. And the titles to win. Upgrade to Sky Sports today. 64 Premier League and 37 EFL games on Sky Sports. 17th of June till 26th of July. See sky.ie for details.